One, two, one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two, one, two. To Pam American Center and to this press conference on the subject of Wei Jing Sheng. Uh, we have many of our important writers here and uh, several representatives of human rights in China. Uh, also, we're very privileged to have the sister of Wei Jing Sheng, Wei Shang Shang. This conference will be moderated by Karen Kennerly, the executive director of Penn. Karen, you want to continue? Hello, thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to, uh, we have some wonderful speakers today. And um, I will, and here comes our, now we have our complement of speakers is now full. I will tell you who we have in the order which you will be hearing from them. Um, we have Robert Stone, who is right there, the uh, third from the, from the right. Um, he is, in terms of Penn's context, a uh, long-term executive board member and former officer of Penn. Um, as you know, he is an eminent novelist. Uh, his books include Outer Bridge Reach, um, and he has drafted the open letter which he is going to read today, the open letter from writers uh, to heads of state. Um, he is also a member of the Freedom to Write Committee and writer-in-residence at Yale University. Um, after we hear from Bob, we will hear from Orville Schell on my right, um, who has written several books on China, including Discos and Democracy, China in the Throes of Reform, the Mandate of Heaven. He's a longtime China observer and a senior fellow at the Freedom Forum of Columbia University. After we hear from Mr. Shell, uh, we will hear from Lu Qing, who is sitting in the middle of the table next to Robert Stone. Uh, he is the chairman of Human Rights in China. Uh, following that, we will hear from Susan Sontag, who is sitting between Anne Hollander and Robert Stone, um, who, in, again, in the Penn context, is a longtime executive board member and a former president of Penn. Uh, as you know, Susan Sontag has written many novels and collections of essays, including AIDS and its metaphors, and her most recently published novel, The Volcano Lover. She's a longtime human rights activist who has appealed to the Chinese government on behalf of Wei Xingqiang in the past, though she has focused most recently on the situation in Bosnia. Um, after we hear from Susan, we will hear from our special guest today, whom we are uh, in both enthusiastic and moved to be able to welcome to Penn, uh, Wei Shangsheng. As you know, is a sister of Wei Xingxiang and is an artist who is currently living in Germany. This year, she made a special visit to China to appeal to the authorities on behalf of her brother. Um, I also want to 
uh, say that we have with us Chao Sheng, who is sitting next to Wei Shang Sheng, um, who is the uh, uh, the executive director, am I correct, of Human Rights in China, and will be speaking also, and will be translating for us, I believe. I'm, I'm just gonna be You're just going to be interpreting today, um, and um, I before I turn the floor over to Bob Stone, I would just like to welcome Robert Bernstein, who's sitting there in the back, who is chair of Human Rights Watch and who's devoted an incredible amount of time, energy, intelligence to uh, supporting Wei Xingxiang. Thank you very much. Can I just, can I just say, put it in, in perspective here, I'm his book agent. He's my only author. <laughs> an open letter from the Penn organization regarding the December 13th trial of Beijing Sheng. And it's addressed to Prime Minister Paul Keating of Australia, to Prime Minister Paul Rasmussen of Denmark, to Chancellor Helmut Kohl of Germany, President Kim, Kim Young-sam of Korea, to Prime Minister John Major of Great Britain, to Prime Minister Jean Chrétien of Canada, to President Jacques Chirac of France, to Prime Minister Tomiichi Moriyama of Japan, to Prime Minister Ingvar Carlsson of Sweden, and to President Bill Clinton. It begins with a quote from the words of Wei Jingsheng. Dissent may not always be pleasant to listen to and it is inevitable that it will sometimes be misguided. But it is everyone's sovereign right. Indeed, when government is seen as defective or unreasonable, criticizing it is an unshirkable duty. Those are Wei Jingsheng's words. We, the undersigned, are writers of the developed world who are privileged to live and work under circumstances that allow us to express our opinions freely. We come together now in hopes of focusing your attention on the urgent plight of our Chinese colleague, Wei Jingsheng. On November 21st, 1995, Wei, who disappeared from sight after being arrested by Chinese secret police agents in April 1994, was formally charged by the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party with, quote, conducting activities in an attempt to overthrow the government, unquote. This is a grave criminal offense, which guarantees, at the least, a long incarceration and harsh treatment, in this case for a man who is in the forefront of the battle for human rights in his country. As a young man, Wei Jingsheng first protested publicly against repression during the so-called Beijing Spring of 1978-1979, when only the bravest spirits dared speak out after the Orwellian silence and darkness in which China had been wrapped for years. All China's springs have failed way since then, but he has never failed his country, repeatedly protesting and being repeatedly and inhumanely punished for it. 
Now at the age of 45, he has served nearly 16 years in prison for stating his opinions. In 1993, pressure from the United States and other Western nations helped obtain Weijing Sheng's release from prison. He immediately recommenced his campaign for democracy, was soon detained again, and if convicted at his December 13th trial, which we now know he was, faces potentially life-threatening punishment. Recently, a former Chinese communist official living abroad remarked that the Chinese government's policy toward dissidents would be tested in the wake of President Jiang Zemin's summit meeting with President Clinton. When Jiang came back from the summit with Clinton, said the former official, instead of releasing Wei, the government charged him. This proves the hardliners still have the upper hand. We believe that the hardliners will continue to have the upper hand so long as they can convince their colleagues in government that economic opportunities for Western business will take precedence over Western concern for democratic freedoms and basic rights. As Wei wrote in the New York Times after his release in 1993, they are asking, quote, is it really likely that Americans would abandon an opportunity to make money just to protect the human rights of those they have befriended? Is it really likely that the American people's determinations of right and wrong could ever influence the judgment of the US government? And Wei concluded, it looks as if the Communist Party has answered these questions in the negative. So even though it may have realized that its own conduct might have been in error, it still firmly pursues a strategy of brinkmanship, giving ground only when absolutely necessary and always in the last five minutes. The Chinese people's understanding of the new direction of US policy toward China leads them to believe that the party was right all these years in saying that the American government is controlled by rich capitalists. All you have to do is offer them a chance to make money and anything goes. Their consciences never stop them from making money. Wei's words about the United States might apply to any of our countries in their relations with China. We cannot know whether Wei Jingsheng, in the cell where he is at present confined, is aware of what happened in Port Harcourt, Nigeria on November 10th. That day, the repressive military government of Nigeria, secure in its belief that oil and profits matter more to the West than human rights, hanged the writer Ken Sarawiwa and eight of his co-defendants on charges universally regarded as false, committing a brutal act of judicial murder. It is easy to imagine that Nigeria's indifference to belated pleas and threats was not lost on waging Sheng's jailers. We, writers living in freedom, request with the greatest urgency that you not allow a repetition of the Port Harcourt murders to occur in China. We ask that you act to justify Weijing Sheng's faith in our shared principle. We fervently request that every available influence be brought to bear to secure his release and that of other patriots and prisoners of conscience in China. The day will surely arrive when a generation of leadership 
comes to understand the necessity for tolerance as an emblem of participation in a civilized world community. Until that day, if our hopes for such a community are to mean anything, we must help and support those who work toward it. This test of our country's concern in the matter of human rights is being observed by the whole world. We must not be found wanting, thereby giving satisfaction to the enemies of freedom everywhere. The signatories are from Australia, Peter Carey and Elizabeth Jolly, from, Fra from France, Jacques Derrida, from South Korea, Ko Eun and Pike Nak Chung, from the United States, Anne Hollander, Norman Mailer, Arthur Miller, Faith Sale, Stephen King, Susan Sontag, Robert Stone, William Styron, Amy Tan. From Canada, Margaret Atwood, Alice Monroe, Michael Andachi. From Germany, Gunter Grass, Peter Schneider. From Sweden, Goran Malmquist, Arne Ruth, Per Vestberg. From Denmark, Nils Barfor and Peter Hoag. From Japan, Kenzaburo Oe. And from the U UK, A.S. Byatt and Ronald Harwood. History has a um, miraculous way of, of clarifying uh, events that have just happened. And I think when history is finally written about the last 20 years in China, uh, Wei Jingsheng will uh, loom very large, uh, not only because he is one of the few people who has really left behind uh, a corpus of, of intelligent uh, and thoughtful political writing, but because of his enormous uh, courage in persisting in writing uh, when the cost for doing so uh, was so high. I would remind you that over the last 16 and a half years, Wei has spent only six months out of prison, not a lot of time uh, in which to become a writer. Uh, so I think we have to look at him not simply as another person in jail, uh, in China, but as really, uh, in a certain sense, the, the uh, grand progenitor of the democracy movement in China uh, since the reforms began in 1978 under Deng Xiaoping. And I can think of no better way, really, to memorialize him than to read to you just another little excerpt of his own writings. Because after all, when a writer is silenced and cannot speak for himself, uh, there is nothing that speaks better uh, than the writings he's left behind. Uh, this, interestingly enough, was from a letter that he wrote to the party chief, Jiang Zemin, and to the premier, Li Peng. Acts which in China are, are almost unimaginable and people rarely do uh, because the consequences of addressing uh, the throne are usually so uh, severe. And in writing about human rights, he said this, human rights themselves have objective standards which cannot be subjected to legislation and cannot be changed by the will of the government. Human rights issues involve how the government protects and respects the rights of individuals, not 
how reasonable a government is in its actions. These issues have to do with how to protect the relatively weak rights of individuals under the relatively strong organs of power. They are common objective standards which apply to all governments and all individuals, and no one is entitled to special standards. Like objective existence and objective laws, they are objective truths. That is why Rousseau called them natural rights. And then in his inimitably, sometimes ironic and biting way, he went on to say, the natural, these natural rights are not protected by heaven, as your boot-licking hack writers try to argue, but are rights with which every person is born. They are things that we fight for as a matter of course, and we do not need to be taught by, quote, hostile countries and hostile forces to do so. They are the basic laws and basic rights of life, just like eating and having sex. In other words, they are instinctive. That is what natural means. It is abominable sophistry to try to argue that people can do without food just because some people have nothing to eat. The people can do, uh, do not need sex because there are widows and bachelors around. The people do not need human rights and can adapt to an animal existence because there are people who consciously act in a servile manner and that there are no human rights standards because of the existence of autocratic societies and enslavement. Thank you. Thank you, Orville Shell. Now we'll have Lu Ching, who will tell us a little bit about, as I understand, will tell us a little bit about uh, events the last 24 hours, perhaps, or 48 hours, anyway, recently. Yeah, it's uh, in my hand, this is the verdict of Wei Jingsheng uh, by the Beijing uh, media court, uh, people, uh, media people's court. Uh, in this verdict, there's a list of the charges on Wei Jingsheng. 我在这里呢，呃，对这些呃这个罪行不想做逐条的呃这个呃批驳，因为呢呃时间也不够，我只想谈一点跟我有关的内容。I don't have time to go uh, uh, one by one all these charges to uh, defense uh, for Wei Jingsheng, uh, but I just want to point uh, uh, say one uh, charge which is actually uh, has uh, uh, relate to me. Uh, 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 Wei Jingsheng uh, is, was in connection with Wang Dan and Liu Qing who were sentenced, co convicted counter-revolutionary uh, uh, crimes before uh, who living uh, inside of China or abroad. They were discussing uh, strategies uh, about how to uh, coordinate the uh, illegal uh, organi organizational activities in order to 
subverb Chinese government. Uh, 有未经生与刘青的书信手稿及打银件。Under uh, these charges, there's one evidence, uh, which is uh, the letter from Wei Jingsheng to Liu Qing and the, 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 type, uh, the type, typed up copies. Uh, 实际上,因为我和魏金生是79年时期的老朋友,我们有过共同的理想,有过共同的追求, 也因此共同付出过代价,所以在他出狱之后,我们有很多的联系。As a matter of fact, uh, Wei Jingsheng was my old friend since 1979. We had the same idea, we uh, have the same experience, and we paid uh, 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 dearly for that together. Uh, so since 1993，when他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他他
we have not changed our idea to uh, promote human rights and democracy in China, and we are, we are continuing to do so. Uh, uh, therefore, in our communications, there was a lot of discussions about how to promote human rights movement and democ uh, democracy movement in China. 实际魏京僧和我所做过的事情，只有一点，就是呢，在中国有很多良心犯、政治犯，还有受迫害者的家属，以及六四中死难者的家属，他们呢，生活非常困难，而且遭受到政府各种歧视和迫害。为此呢，
who is this? And I would spell it, I would say it, I say, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong and I can't write it in Chinese and I would tell who this is. I'm sorry you've been misinformed. Perhaps you have the wrong name. I don't know anyone of that name. So this, this, this is the early 80s, uh, but this gives you an idea of the kind of wall uh, uh, that, the, that the Chinese officials are capable of erecting to fend off uh, uh, our efforts to contact people, to speak for people, and, and so forth. Um, the present uh, situation in which uh, uh, people of conscience, fellow writers, want to speak for this uh, great uh, man, this figure who stands for and is a leader of and a, an important voice for the human rights and democracy movement in China. The present situation in which this is happening is actually more difficult, I think, than of just a few years ago. Uh, it's my view, which I have expressed in other contexts, that the end of the, the so-called end of the so-called Cold War has made uh, human rights activities not, uh, um, more, in a way, rather than, uh, than in a way more rather than less uh, uh, um, clear for many people. In the old days before 1989, it was easy to think in terms of us and them. You know, the the, the so-called democracies, uh, dictatorships of various sorts, uh, in that bipolar world. Um, uh, where, where some, some, but hardly all, of the uh, greatest abuses were taking place in communist countries. I think it was easier, actually, to mobilize people um, uh, than it is now. Uh, we, we at Penn and many other people have had a, a very, very unhappy experience uh, in the last month which is trying very hard to intervene, to speak up, to mobilize people uh, for this important uh, Nigerian writer, uh, Ken Sarawiwa. We actually, I think, didn't believe that he would be executed. We thought he would get a terrible sentence, maybe life imprisonment, and then he would have to serve perhaps 10 years of it. But we were in a state of, I, I can say, really shock when not only was he executed, but he was executed immediately, you know, within, within a couple of days after his uh, sentence for, of course, things which he was entirely innocent and uh, completely trumped up charges. And uh, this Ken Sarawiwa uh, experience um, is an extra motivation or intensity. I don't say it's a, it's a reason, uh, but it gives an extra kind of intensity uh, to our concern uh, for uh, uh, for waging Cheng because we have had a rude experience that people aren't playing by the old rules, the old, so to speak, Cold War rules, and we must move quickly, we must act repeatedly and as loudly as we can. Uh, the history of uh, response to the human rights and democracy uh, movement in China has, I think, a special uh, inflection. Uh, for a long time in China studies and thinking about China in, again, I want to use all these words in quotes, the West, for a long time in China studies and the way people thought about China, China was uh, uh, viewed differently. There was a kind of double standard for China and for the rest of the world. You see this in some of the most important and influential scholarship written about China for decades, that 
Essentially, China is a collectivist society. Uh, they don't have a deep uh, uh, or native tradition of individual rights. Uh, this is a Western idea. It's really not a Chinese idea. Uh, and uh, for a long time, in other words, uh, it was argued, I say, uh, on the level of scholarship and historical studies of China, that we couldn't expect a, a real movement for democracy and for individual rights as we understand them in the West to emerge in China because that was really a Western idea. And I think this notion, which is part of the decline of universalist moral and political standards that we've seen happening in the past generation, part of a decline of enlightenment values, if you want to call it that, uh, has had very serious consequences for China. In other words, I think that people in the West were relatively late to understand that precisely we must apply universal standards of morality, political justice, idea of individual freedom and individual rights and of democracy, that it is incredibly, if you will, colonialist and condescending of people to say, well, this is, of course, we need this in the European and the neo-European countries, but it isn't really a native idea in China. Well, I think people have woken up. I think that nobody that one would respect would say this anymore. Certainly the history, the more recent history of the democracy movement in China has shown that this is a, absolutely a Chinese idea with indigenous Chinese roots and that people there have the same notion of the individual and of individual freedom that we have. Nevertheless, as people in the West have, so to speak, gotten off their colonialist condescending point of view and say, okay, they really have it. It's their idea. It's not a Western idea. It's their idea just as much as ours. The Chinese government is, in effect, continuing to sponsor such a theory. So the Chinese government is, in effect, saying people who are for democracy, for individual rights, for human rights, these are foreign ideas. These are not Chinese ideas. Therefore, these people, in some sense, are traitors. They are uh, sponsored from abroad. They, they, I mean, they're the spy charges. They're not, I believe, raised against Wei Jincheng, but they often are. go with uh, actual charges of spying as well as of treason. So we understand, finally, thank God, the, 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 our duty to stick by a universal standard of human rights and democracy, not to say, well, some cultures or societies don't need it as much as we do, we Europeans or neo-Europeans, but the Chinese government is very conveniently using this idea to say that these ideas are not Chinese. They're not really Chinese. They're foreign importations. They're treasonous and so forth. So again, beyond the human um, dimensions of this case, uh, the greatness of this man, the importance of his writing for what he says in his writing, which more than justify our concern for him, our passionate concern for him, there is the fact that he is the living proof that ideas of human rights and of democracy are Chinese ideas. They are not foreign ideas, they are Chinese ideas and it's our privilege to support them. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Now, yes. I said I'm not going to speak, but 
I just say one thing to uh, to support what Susan just said. Uh, when Chinese government is saying human rights and democracy is not our is the West, Chinese government ruled by Communist Party. They never told us communism was from the West. Yes. They are conducting economic reform and modernization. They never told us the market economy and all this modern management is from the West. Yeah. Exactly. That's all I want to say. Excellent. Yes, exactly.嗯，国际笔会当然我是非常早就听说这个呃国际笔会，但是国际笔会最早和卫京生的事情，我呃呃呃和联系起来还是一九八二年，有一天我呃呃十二月底的有一天我在呃家里信箱里头看见一封呃
uh, uh, activities. As a matter of fact, while the six months brief time he was uh, uh, had a limited freedom, and he was against uh, the uh, people who suggest uh, approach suggest him to have some an any underground secret organizing activities, and he believed that the openness, uh, uh, the nonviolence, and he think that. Uh, uh, within the principle of democracy, and only by uh, doing that to promote human rights and democracy uh, can the, the people can have the particip participation in public political life. 而且北京现在各方面，他呃这次呃他以前可能行动呃流行也了解，他有的时候很呃不太呃在意呃警察的跟踪或者什么的，他会觉得很很可笑，而且呃呃觉得把这些跟踪和这些微笑一笑置之。刘星写文章曾经提到过魏先生对这个事情非常的那个不以为然可是这次出来以后他就变得非常谨慎而且非常小心他每星期必须要向警察报告这时候报告的时候他就要问什么我可以做什么不可以做要说清楚了这时候警
我认为中国政府这次把魏金生挑出魏金生来重判这实际上是因为魏金生很有名气大家很多人关心他所以魏金生的那个来处理魏金生这件事来施他一下国际社会对到底对正义还有多大的那个性趣来关心这个来这个对